Welcome back to Roadmap Podcast, and this is the story of Adal and Mr. Fevzi Günger. And in this last and third chapter, we are talking about tomorrow, the vision and the risks. So um, maybe Zainab, you can start with some questions about uh, what the future awaits and what are we expecting? Thank you for the opening. Uh, I'm, I wanted to actually start with a popular question. Nowadays, there's a rising question between new entrepreneurs and uh, in the young generation of whether I should establish my company in Turkey. What are the possible outcomes, benefits, or what are the disadvantages? As one of the active players of the entrepreneurship ecosystem, especially in Turkey, how would you answer this question in the scale of your own experiences and your life view? If you have the opportunity again, would you consider establishing it, uh, the Odell in another country? Um, for Odell, the answer doesn't change. So uh, I can always re-domicile the company in any, any other jurisdiction. But uh, having the uh, company elsewhere doesn't matter if you have the subject in Turkey. Okay. So if the business itself, I mean, as a subject, is running in Turkey, in Turkish lira denominated business, then it's... You know, it's a Turkish business. So uh, whether it's established in Luxembourg, whether it's established in UK or USA, it doesn't matter at all. It might matter for some investors, but you can always solve it when the investor is coming in. Okay, so uh, we have one US investor now we're talking to. We asked them if they wanted to redomicile it, and they said. Okay, if the business is in Turkey, we're investing in Turkey. We have no problem with uh, keeping the uh, shares in Turkey. Of course, we would be more delighted if you had other footprints in rest of the world, but you know it's not the case in fintech. So, uh, I mean, probably the largest fintech in Turkey, I mean, by acquisition, is still Easyco. Okay, so uh, Easyco was much more uh, able to internationalize its own platform compared to us because we have field sales, we have field services, we have legal compliance in terms of uh, revenue uh, administration like uh, fiscal ECRs, which is uh, I don't know uh, if you noticed them, but uh, a couple of years ago, we had the ECR and the uh, payments terminal. Now they are integrated into one. Uh, we have those complexities, so it's much harder to internationalize our business. But even EasyCo didn't do it because uh, internationalizing a fintech is not the same uh, with internationalizing a gaming company. Okay, so uh, you just click. A new markets in app store so you're live there you just do marketing but in our case it's not the same so um, basically uh, for adult it's the same uh, the second aspect to this question is uh, should you do an international venture if you uh, have started from scratch um, the answer to that would be probably the same for me. I mean, personally, 
I would have started the same company in Turkey because, I mean, I had come a long way uh, to build who I am and to build my network. And it happens to be in Turkey. Okay. So uh, I'm competitive in Turkey. But if I was starting from scratch, I mean, if I had gone to 2003, okay, and would I, I have started here in a local market with local uh, endeavors, um, then the question might be, uh, yes, I mean, I might have tried something global. And if I had tried something global, it doesn't matter if the company is here or somewhere abroad. I mean, uh, for instance, Yeter, okay? The name is Turkish. The guy is Turkish. Uh, the the uh, preliminary investors are Turkish, okay? But eventually, when they are talking about big bucks, what they had to do is they redomicile the company and no one feels that they are not Turkish anymore, okay? So... But, but the investors who are paying in $300 million, they asked them to, and they complied with it because it was the, uh, I mean, generally accepted way. So starting where is not important. Starting what is important. Uh, if you start a global company in Turkey, it doesn't matter. Okay. You can always globalize it from Turkey. Um if you're doing something in Turkey, but started the company elsewhere in US, Delaware, let's say, okay, it doesn't matter again because the business is in Turkey. So what you're doing is very crucial. You can always alter the holding structure for that. But eventually, of course, the tax implications uh, and etc. might matter. But regarding tax implications, the tax uh, in Turkey, uh, I mean, contrary to general belief, is much lower than the rest of the world. So actually, um, that is a great uh, overview of the Turkish entrepreneurship uh, scenery, because we know that many um, competitors are there, and we know that there are the uh, entrepreneurships, the startup ecosystems around the world are thriving. And uh, honestly, this being a Turkish Entrepreneurship Foundation uh, podcast, we would like to believe that we are in one of the unique positions for that. But I want to ask a question, actually merging two questions, uh, looking into tomorrow. So uh, you have talked about the roller coaster effect and like just keeping on going. But for tomorrow, I wonder this. This pandemic was, of course, a roadblock and probably many more problems will arise in the future. Maybe advantages. We never know. How do you find resilience in these? Where, where, where does your um, source of motivation stand? And looking into the future, what do you envision for Odell and also for the Turkish startup ecosystem? Um, entrepreneurship is not about knowing something. Okay, It's about being able to learn and accommodate to new circumstances. Okay, so... Uh, whatever the change is, it's rarely bad for an entrepreneur, okay? Because an incumbent uh, is holding the corner and trying to fill that corner as uh, complete as possible, okay? 
And as an entrepreneur, what you're trying to do is try, you try to find the gaps that the incumbent is not able to fill and fit there, then try to grow from elsewhere. Uh, stuff like the pandemic or the global economical crisis or whatever uh, the, the, the changes, okay, doesn't kick the incumbent out of the corner. It takes the corner and places it elsewhere, okay? Of course, the incumbent will try to get up, relocate to the new corner, okay, and try to fit in there again. But when you're an entrepreneur, you can be more rapid and switch to that corner and try to, uh, I mean, fill it as much as you can before the incumbent come there. Probably, most probably, the incumbent will fail to come in the road, okay? I mean, even leaving the corner would be a death penalty for him. But eventually, uh, he might come. But then you are more like equals than an incumbent and an entrant, okay? So, basically, I don't know where we're going to be. But as an entrepreneur, I believe... We are going to make the advantages out of this. I mean, just just one instance of it. Okay, so um, in 2020, okay, in February, uh, let's say we did 100 units of revenues, okay? In March, it was 100 again. Then the pandemic hit, okay? In April, it was around probably around 20 okay because of the curfews and etc in may it was the same okay it was again around 20 and in may uh, we took a decision okay we, we dropped from 100 to 20 okay what a bank for the sake of the argument would do was just try to cut all the costs go to the basis metabolism okay uh, try to shrink the company to its roots, probably just the management and people needed to survive, and then try to go uh, growing after they were sure that the pandemic effects had passed. Okay. But in May, we took a decision and said, okay, if everyone's going this way, all the banks are doing this, okay, then they are leaving some places open for us which is the streets, okay? No one's at the streets. And we had around eight to 10 people that were selling our products. Now we are at 40, okay? We took a decision to grow them, okay? Now we're at 40, it's been 11 months. We have, uh, the revenue was around 100 to 20. Now we are at 300, okay? We have grown three times in 11 months. Uh, just because of this decision. Uh, I mean, I'm not claiming that we were very clever. I'm not claiming that we were more clever than uh, people at the banks. I'm claiming that we were uh, more open to new opportunities and taking them because we didn't have to convince anyone else. Okay, we just had to convince me as the entrepreneur, uh, my uh, co- colleague who's running the uh, 
commercial businesses at our company and our manager who's managing the uh, field set. So, um, and after I was convinced, they were, you know, uh, happy to play with because, you know, I was basically uh, taking the most risk. They were taking the business risk themselves and etc. So, um, what I'm trying to say is I'm not right because I made uh, a decision which proved to be right. It might have proved to be wrong as well. Okay. But if hundreds uh, entrepreneurs take this decision, take this type of decision, probably 70 will be right. Okay. And the 30 will fail, which we don't hear about. Okay. But eventually those 70 is much higher than the number of banks in payments in Turkey. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, when you're small, you're not deemed as a competitor to any bank in Turkey. But lots of small people make decisions. At the end of the day, some of these might be right. Some of these might be wrong. But the right go there first. Okay. So we got to know about. I mean, this is the perfect example for EasyCal. Okay. All the banks had virtual POSs. Okay. But EasyCo took a step and tried to build that platform for uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs. What we're trying to build for physical uh, payment points is pretty similar to that aspect. Um, and we proved to be right. We were lucky. I mean, uh, it's not that every decision we take is right. It's not that every decision EasyCo makes is right. Uh, but we generally make decisions sooner and execute them with full commitment. So that's the general advantage we have uh, compared to incumbents. Uh, so uh, given the pandemic and other uh, rapid changes in the environment, I believe as entrepreneurs, uh, some, this will make someone fail. Some, some people fail. Uh, this will make some people fail pretty big, okay? But some will uh, be the uh, new uh, corner holders in short-term future. Of course, the, the condition will change for them as well for some time. Then after that, someone new will come and replace them uh, sooner or later. You took a risk Yes, and your mindset truly enlightened our vision. I also personally agree that uh, even though rapid changes are inevitable, we should seek the opportunities uh, as far as I can. And I would like to finalize the last question with a quote that I love very much. As Stephen Hawking said, if while there is life, there is hope. Likewise, your present reality with your firm and your personal life was your dreams These was these were your dreams that hope to become true in the past. So, what are your dreams for the future now? And I want to rephrase um, it just quickly, like you know how uh, people are asked when they're starting their uh, at my age, for instance, starting a business. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I honestly, at this point, uh, I'm delighted to ask the same question to an executive. Uh, where do you see yourself, and where do you want to see yourself in 10 years, really? Um, still solving problems. I mean, um, 
I, I, my dreams are not about making money. So I'm not dreaming about exiting with a billion dollars, okay, at bank from Ada. Okay. It might prove me value to exit with a billion dollars because I might have, I might challenge bigger problems to solve them. Okay. So, um, the largest problem I could solve was the uh, disparity between uh, large enterprises, okay, and small entrepreneurs, the uh, disparity between their powers, okay, in market. What we're trying to do is we're trying to accumulate all these small shops, mom and pop stores, so that they're competitive in terms of product, in terms of financial services, in terms of loyalty services, and compete with larger enterprises, okay? You go to a chain store, they have the loyalty, they have the bank's installment at a fair rate, which is not fair for the mom and pop store, okay? Because it's, the, it's they, they're charging them the maximum. Um, They have the loyalty. They have the financial uh, leverage. They they have uh, their distribution uh, mechanisms. Okay. They have the uh, leverage against the vendor in terms of financial dues and etc. But these small guys have a huge disadvantage compared to big guys in this market. We are here to solve this. Okay. So this is the largest problem I can solve with my current resources. I mean, I thought this was the largest problem I could solve, okay? Uh, of course, I could have aimed for a larger problem, like solving the economical problem within Turkey is a much more larger problem, okay? Uh, I could have solved it. I could have solved 10% of it. I could have solved 1% of it, which would cons be considerably more valuable than Adele. But I wasn't the guy, uh, I mean, I wasn't the perfect guy to solve it. I mean, where I see my com myself competitive is solving this disparity of powers within market, okay? Uh, I see an opportunity here consolidating all these, okay, against uh, larger enterprises and against the largest banks is a great challenge for me. So uh, my dream uh, would be aiming for larger problems within Turkey or the world. So, uh, I mean, probably solving Turkey's economical problems is much smaller than the solving sustainability problems of the world. Okay, so uh, th there's always a bigger challenge. And I like solving problems. So... Uh, my dream in terms of profession is related to this. And uh, where I see myself in 10 years is that my, ch my children will have grown up uh, back then. Um, I'm uh, a father, a husband. So my gen generally my dreams are uh, being healthy and happy and content with them. I mean, it it's not about the business. But eventually, I mean, 
what, what what keeps the resilience was the previous question what keeps you resilient is not i mean is not something okay um uh, do you play video games times time sometimes okay so okay so in a video game you if you die you spawn elsewhere right so yeah. uh you respawned somewhere else okay so uh it doesn't make you want to play the game less because eventually what you're doing is not about you it's about the competitiveness it's about the um achievement you want to have and etc so if you have nothing to do else if you have nothing else to do and if it doesn't keep you from doing something else and if you like what you're doing you're fine with starting from scratch okay so um let's come back to the roller coaster effect i mean uh if it's going up and down too much okay it's exciting it, 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 it's sometimes thrilling okay it, it may be uncomfortable at times but it doesn't make you wanna not ride it again okay it makes you wanna ride it again and again and again okay so until you get used to it then you find a uh steeper roller coaster uh, not a steady one okay um if you're into roller coasters uh, i mean i'm not a roller coaster guy so i don't ride one you okay so uh i mean metaphorically i'm a roller coaster guy but uh really i'm not so i really don't like doing that uh i liked playing video games especially strategy ones uh when i was younger okay uh, but now I'm playing with, uh, I mean, my company. So it, it's like a strategy game for me as well. Uh, it, it's like it, it's using uh, scarce resources most effectively, which is basically uh, the same in most strategy games. Only strategy games are more competitive. Uh, business life is less. So. The roller coaster effect, I guess, is a huge impact on your life. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it's just a metaphorical ex expression, you know. I mean, basically, what what I want to say is, uh, I like what I'm doing. I'm not into this for money. Uh, of course, I'm making money out of it. I'm building a huge value uh, in my company, and I have built value in uh, previous companies. But basically, uh, I mean, I'm not getting on it to get from the, uh, point A to point B. I like the journey. If you like the journey, it's something for you. If you don't like the journey, if you're, if it's a pain for you, then it might not be the best uh, for you. So that's what I'm trying to say. That's why I, uh, I generally refer to um, roller coaster example. That example was truly insightful and I want to thank you for everything you uh, talked about today. This has truly been a great session and saying that maybe you can wrap up. First of all, thank you for uh, again accepting our invitation and be here with us today for more than uh, one hour. And also I asked already, but I want to mention again, I. I'm very delightful uh, to meet you and also I'm 
very happy to learn your vision, the, your aspect on the Turkish entrepreneurship ecosystem and your way of life. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for being with us here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. You have listened to Roadmap Podcast with Mr. Fevzi Günger, and we have talked his story and the story of his startup, Odell. In the upcoming episodes, we will be talking with many more entrepreneurs from different scales and from different backstories. So stay tuned and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Turkish Entrepreneurship Foundation, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and anywhere you can find us. And bear in mind that you can listen to our podcast in anywhere you can access podcasts.